0: Today uh, we'll get to go to the Word of God. We, I uh, feel like God has shared, laid something on my heart today to speak to us today. If you will turn with me to Luke chapter 15 and verse 21, I'm going to read a couple verses, and I'm going to skip down and read a couple more verses. But then I'm going to uh, this, these verses is kind of the middle of the story, and and it's a familiar story we may know, but. I'm on, then I'm gonna back up and kind of so you may want to kind of start reading these two verses he's gonna say well where is he going with that but but today I just feel like God has laid something on my heart if we were Luke chapter 15 and verse 21 the Bible says and the and the son said unto him I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and I am no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said to his servants bring forth this the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. If you will skip down to verse 28, I'm going to read of chapter 15 of Luke. I'm going to read, and he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered and said unto his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandments. And yet thou never gave me a kid that I may make merry with my friends. And verse 30 says, But as soon as thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. If you will today, I'm going to speak to us for a few minutes. I'm going to pray, but speak to us for a minute before you're seated the right relationship. If you will, join me in prayer right now. Lord, I ask you today, Lord Jesus, to touch this earthly vessel. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to minister through me today, Lord Jesus, to the ones that sit before me, Lord Jesus, and the ones that's on the airwaves. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to minister the word of God. Allow this word to be an encouragement, Lord Jesus. Allow this word to be a drawing, Lord Jesus. To you, Lord Jesus, I ask you to minister, Lord Jesus, in into this this time of we worship, Lord, Lord Jesus, and allow the Holy Ghost to flow through this place, Lord Jesus, and touch us and anoint us today, in the remainder of part of this service, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, Amen, Amen. You may be seated. Today, as we look at the story, the story we look at it, you know, most time we remember it is the, the story of the prodigal son. This is a a parable that Jesus was stating and, and we find in this story that Jesus stating we find that there's this this there's a certain man that has two sons yeah. and the Bible says earlier before I began to read the Bible says the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion that falleth upon me and divided unto him and he divided it unto his living and many days after the young son gathered up all together and he took a journey to a far country. And there he wasted his substance, the Bible says, on righteous living. When they had, he had spent all that he had, there, he rose a mighty, uh, there rose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to want. So many times in life, you know, when we go out on our own, we kind of do this thing on our own. The world seems like it will turn against us. And we feel like we're doing everything just right for a while. But here, like in this, this, this young man's life, as he went out in this righteous living and sp- doing this here, he spent all he had, and at that point, there was a famine in the land, and he began to want. The Bible says he joined a citizen, or he joined a group of people in that country, and they sent and he was sent him into, his job was to go feed the swine. And just a few verses later, we find him at the point of eating out of the trough yeah. with the swine. The Bible says he would have filled his belly. He filled his belly with husk of the swine because he had nothing else to eat. Yeah. The Bible we talked about, then he finally kind of came to himself in this time of his life. And yeah. the Bible talks about him turning back to, to, go back to my father. He says, "He says, my father, I'm not worthy to, and he, as I read in the scripture, he says, I'm not worthy to even be called your son anymore. Yeah. But he says, just make, give me as one of the servants. Make me as one of the hired servants. And I'm just paraphrasing this part of the story. But And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet... A, the Bible says when he was a great, great way off, his father saw him. Yep. Amen. He didn't have the opportunity of... You know, today, you know, we didn't have time to send him a message on Facebook. Say, hey, Dad, I'm coming home. Yeah. He didn't have a way to just call him on the phone and say, I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. So this father... Was, had to be looking yeah. for his son looking. waiting for this day when his son would come home and so today I just want to bring out that point but when his father saw him away, far away off the Bible says his father saw him and he had compassion and he ran and fell upon his neck oh, and kissed Jesus. him and the son said unto father I have sinned against heaven and in, in thy sight as I read in the first beginning he says and I am no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said unto the servant, bring forth the best robe. Yeah. And he said, and, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And that meant that he, he, was, he was bringing him back into the fold, bringing him back into the family. And verse 23 says, he said, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us be, eat and be merry. For my son was dead and now is alive again. He was lost and he is found and yet began to be merry. You know, in this this son, and I want to talk about these two two different sons, and today, and and their relationship with their father. Today, the first son is I've, I've read about. You know, is the first son that left, and that's one of the, ones, the son that the Bible talks about. This son left. He you know he he took his, his inheritance. He took all he had, and he left. And he left his father, and went into the world and lived the world and lived up this world as as much as he could. But when he came, ran against some bad luck in his life, and when he ran against things and everything started falling apart because he had a relationship. He, he, he had broken that relationship with his father. He had knew his relationship was messed up. But he decided he needed to rebuild that. And sometimes in life we find ourselves just like this, this young man. We find ourselves, with, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. And we go into the world and we do what we want to do. And we go down the roads and go down the paths of what we've decided to do. And we break the relationships we have with, with our family. We break the relationship with, with, with God himself. and We find ourselves just like this young man. We find ourselves wallowing with the pigs. We find ourselves in this broken relationship. And, 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 that, and that, that's a dangerous place to be. When we turn our backs on the people that care for us, we turn our yes. backs on the people that, that loves us and that prays for us, we'll find ourselves at a dead-end street. That's right. and, but, but just like this young man, we have the opportunity to turn back and come back to the fold, come back to the, back to the father. Sure. And as this young man, his father he was looking for that situation, he was looking for him to turn back. Yep. And he's he turned back to him, the father took him back in. Today, I'm here to tell someone today, if you've broken your relationship with God, that's the main relationship we break. Is It's bad enough to break relationships with family members or our father or mother, but it is more devastating when we break a relationship with God. But God, just like this father in this parable, this fa- God is waiting for us to turn back to him. In my life, when I failed and I went away from God, God was there when I turned back and I decided I'd had enough of this world and I turned back to God. God was there waiting on me. God was there waiting to bring me back into the fold. He was ready to fall on my neck. He was ready to to bring my back and restore me to where I once was. And I'm here today to tell someone if they're in that place in life, God is there waiting to restore you. We look at the other brothers. We say with the other brothers, kind of almost at the time in most messages, he's left out of the situation. He's kind of left out. Well, we talk about the prodigal son. We talk about the the prodigals coming home. And we talk about this and, you know, we talk about somebody that's ran got away from God and come back. But here the son, the other son, the other son, in in his own words, when I read in the verse, you know, he says, he said, my brother has left. He's wasted all his heritage. But he said, "Here I have. I've never did that." He said, "I've stayed in here and I've worked every day." Yeah. He said, "I've done everything that you've asked." Yeah. But he here he was this jealousy experience. Jealousy raised his head in his life yeah. when he saw that his father took yeah, in the brother that had wasted everything, yeah. and he had good good reasons to. I mean, here he had he had never left and he had been at his father. If his father needed him to do any little thing, yeah. he said, "Father, whatever you ask me to do, I've always done it." But he says, you know, in his life, he looks at him and he says, Father, why have you, know, why have you, this. And and, and here this this son has a relationship with his father. But he has a relationship that just goes for what he could do for him. He didn't have that relationship that that understood where the father was coming from. He had the relationship of, if, if dad asks me to go plow this field today, I'll go plow this field. But he didn't have a enough close enough relationship to realize the sincere of his dad's heart. He didn't see. He didn't have a close enough relationship with him. And so many times in life, we find ourselves just that way. We find ourselves in life, and even in our Christian life, and we find ourselves willing to do anything for the church. We may be never swayed from the house of God. But if we're doing it because of the wrong attitude, so many times we we find ourselves, you know, in. We find ourselves even working, and I was was talking about this a little bit before church. Sometimes we've worked so hard. We do so much stuff around the church. And I've been on both places with these two gentlemen. That's why I think this, this message really stirs in my heart because I've been where the prodigal son's at. And I also I've been right where this other son is. I've been where I've worked around the church, and I've been where I've been to the point of doing everything. And as I mentioned before, I, before church, I said I was doing everything. At one time, I was at our home church, I was the, the youth, and I'm not bragging, but I was I was the over the youth, and I was over to Sunday school, and and I was doing the sound, and I was doing so much stuff around the church that I felt like I was at the church all the time. But I was didn't have the right attitude, didn't have the right relationship. There, I was just working, Jesus. and when I was just doing what I was yeah. asked, yeah. but I didn't have a real relationship with God. Yeah, I had my relationship with God had been hindered because I was working. I was trying to work my yeah. way through this, and yeah. I thought long as I did more around the church, yeah. I'd be okay. Yeah. and I had severed yeah. that relationship yeah. with God. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't have the relationship that I had oh, before because I and I was just in the dangerousest places. This other brother was in the hog pen. Yeah. I was just in a danger, as, as dangerous a place. Yeah. Maybe I was still wearing a suit. I was wearing a tie. I wasn't going in places that I shouldn't be. I was being in the house of God. Yeah. But my heart wasn't right. Yeah. I had drifted. My heart had drifted away. Good. My heart, maybe I hadn't went off and wasted my living in what you could see. Yeah. But my heart was just as far away. Yeah. Because here I was doing this just because from underneath the burden to do something or just under the the relationship of doing something to be doing something. And we find ourselves in that situation. We find ourselves in these places. We have to have the right attitude. We have to have the right relationship. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 59 and he said unto another this is Jesus speaking. He says follow me. But he said Lord suffer me first to go bury my father. In verse in verse number sixty says, Jesus said unto him, "Let the dead bury the dead. They're dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God." Wow. Jesus. Here Jesus was saying this, and I, and some may say Jesus was being uncompassionate. No, and he was being uncompassionate about this. But he was referring to an extreme, and he was referring to I think a thing, something that we go through in life. What he was saying was, he says. You know, he was talking about, he said, our biggest battle is our time. Anybody say that? Yeah. <laughs> our time is our biggest battle. Yes. Yeah. Our time and how we spend it. Yeah. And here what he, what Jesus was saying is, is, you know, you can allow this, this to happen. You can, you can, he said well, he was being uncompassionate about him going and burying his father. The message he was trying to get across is that circumstances, if we allow them, will constantly get in the way of us from doing what God wants Amen. us to do. Yes. And there's so much truth to that message. Yes. There's so much truth to that. We can it may be good intentions. Yeah. It may be some good situation, but if we allow this to get oh, to keep us God away from God church today. Tomorrow next Sunday or next Tuesday night, it, it may maybe be something else. Yeah. And this this little bit this little thing here and this little thing there and the, yeah, they may be important and I'm not casting stone, but I'm just saying because we all fall in that category. It's so after a while it just if circumstances kind of get into our life and circumstances can keep pushing us to the point and we keep allowing these things in our life to keep separating us from doing what God has called us to do. Luke, another just a few verses later in in verse sixty one, the Bible says of chapter nine, the Bible says, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid farewell, which are at my home, at my house. The excuse but. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what, what Jesus said, you know, here, the, the gentleman was saying, he said, follow me. He said, I will follow you but let me go do this first. And so many times in life we find ourselves just like this. I want to follow God, but let me go take care of this little situation. Let me go do this here. Let me go do that. Keep looking back at our past. Let me go take care of this thing I have from my past. i got to take care of this, and then I'll get right with God. I've had so many people in my life tell me, well, I get this all straightened out. I get all this stuff straightened out in my life. Then I will get right with God. You can't you can't get everything straightened out. Right. If you come, get, let God give. Come to God first. God will take care of all of the past. God will take care of everything in your life. If you will put God first, God will take care of this. And we can't worry about the back, what's behind. We can't worry about our past because we all have a past, and we all have a future that's not touched. Yes. So today we all have this today I, when i grew up I, I growing up as you, I grew up on a, a farming family, and I still work in my family business i don't do farming as much i'm in the logging industry now most more than we are farming and I work on that side of the the family business but but as a growing up as a child, i grew up we did more farming when I was younger and when I was a child my dad at the age of five and six years old. My dad began teaching me how to drive a tractor, and I, I drove a tractor. We ate, grew tobacco back in the day when I was that age, and we had a. And so, at that time, Dad taught me how to drive the tractor to pull the trailers down the row as they cropped the tobacco. Mm-hmm. And as we, at five six years old, Dad taught me how to drive down a straight row with a tractor. I mean that's kind of dangerous when I think about five, six years old. Years now, me them allowing a six-year-old to get on a tractor and drive down through a field and and but but I did, and Dad taught me how to drive. A, keep straight in the row. But it, but they also in later in life when I've got a little bit older can understand a little more things. I mean that was just keep it between the rows. But in later in life, he taught me how to lay off a straight row, and as he taught me to lay off a straight row. Today, you know, in the farming industry, and I'm not saying they, they can't do it, but it, they have all this GPS and they have all this equipment on the tractors that, that actually can just sit in the coordinates and the tractor will drive itself to the end of the row. And, and it stays straight and put, lays off a straight row. Yeah. But my dad, when I was younger, they didn't have that technology and he, his dad taught him. But how he taught him to drive, lay off a straight row is he would lay it across the exhaust on the tractor in front of you. Or, or the or the breather pipe that came out of the hood of the tractor, and you lined it up with a tree on the other end of the field, and you never took your eye off of that between that exhaust and that tree on the other end of the yeah. field. And you stayed straight, kept them two lined up, and you never looked back until you got to the other end of the row. And if you kept them lined up, you kept your straight railroad on that that whatever fig point on the hood of the tractor and that post or that tree the row would be perfectly straight behind you. But if you ever bobbled your head to look down to see or look back to see how straight the row was until you got to the other end, you would get off course and the row would not be straight. Yeah. And today, as plowing requires an eye intended for the furrow to be made it is, and it is marred at the instant one turns about to look, so will it come short of salvation. Yeah. who One that tries to work for God with a distraction and or a divided heart of looking back. Yeah. Though the reference seems, you know, in this life, you know, we're looking at farming industry. And, and God used farming because that was what was known to people. And I'm just an old country boy farmer. And that's, so that's what, that's what ministers to me. So a lot of his parables ministers to me because I understand what, what he's saying. And that's what I'm here to say today. When we kept our eyes lined up, the row is straight. And today as we try to, we try to live this life, we've got to keep our eyes lined up on God. Don't matter what our past looked like. Don't matter what our marred past looks like or where we came from. We've got to keep our eyes on the focus. We've got to keep our eyes pointed straight ahead. We've got to keep looking forward to keep walking the right direction. When we look at looking back in the Bible, so many times it's referred to Lot's wife. Lot's wife, when they was called to leave Sodom and Gomorrah before it was destruction, mm-hmm. Lot's wife, the Bible says, look back. Mm-hmm. The Bible says she didn't actually make a turn or didn't re- actually turn or didn't even actually describe to turn to the world. But what, what the looking back is referred to is the reluctance to break completely with it. And so when we look back at our past or we look back at the world, that we're leaving from. We look back at where we came from. There's a reluctance in our life to make a break, a complete break from that world, a complete break from that lifestyle. And so we have to get our eyes focused on God. We got to get our eyes focused on just one thing, yeah. because we can't ride the fence. No. You know the Bible talks about we got to get our eyes straight Jesus. forward. We can We cannot be on one side one day and on the other side one day. We got to get completely, completely focused on Him. Today, uh, and I'm another referring to as, as in high school I played football and, and there's three types of players that was on the football team and on any 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 sporting and team and today I want to talk about these three players because I find as Christians we can find ourselves just like these three so athletes the first player that's on the team is just there on the team just to be able to wear a uniform and to just say they're on the team so many times in life I play with play with individuals that came out to play on the football team or on the baseball team that I played on in high school and the only reason they were there was to wear a uniform. uh uh-huh. Only reason they was there is they could wear the on on football team on Friday at Friday days it's Fridays at school, we wore our jerseys and, and the only reason they were on the football team is to wear their jersey around yeah. on school all day Friday. Important. Sure. They said, Well I'm a part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a part of the football team and I'm they didn't they they, they, they wore this here but they, they 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 went to practice every day. Mm-hmm. They showed up usually with practice right before practice started. Or sometimes maybe even a little bit late. They stood around in practice and practiced and if anybody had a little error and the coach wanted to go run instead of practicing, they ran and did that. Mm-hmm. And if they there was times in their life, you know, in time through all through practice they, they didn't do no more than they had to. They didn't do no more than they had to do in practice. If the coach if a coach wasn't looking, they were standing around talking to their friend or they were standing around doing this or that. They you know, they wasn't they wasn't even plugged in. They didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. And in some of these these players, some of these times I saw them and, and they actually got an opportunity. They didn't want to get in a football game on Friday nights, but sometimes when the coach said, Okay, where's so and so hey you go get the football game they'd have to go look for their helmet or have to go look for some of their pads because it was over there by the fence because yeah. – they had no intentions of yeah. playing. They had no intentions of getting in the game. Yeah. They was just there That's because... Good. Just to, to, to be like so they could say they was a part. There's Christians that think all is required of, by God is just to be on the team. Yeah. As long as we come to church and we look the part is all we have to do to fulfill that need that God has for us. God requires more from yes, us. He does. Yes, he does. When everyone else is saying... The giant was too big to fight. David said he was just too big to miss. Wow! And so many times, you know, that's what happens. When, we, when we, we're just being on the team and we're just coming to church and we're not really got that relationship with God. Yeah. When, a, when, when a giant comes up in our life, when something comes up and we face in our life, we're like everyone else in that story of David. We look at this giant as... Oh, my God, I can't overcome this trial. I can't overcome this in my life. But if you've got a true relationship with God, that giant, he's, he's just too big to miss. There's no way I can miss this giant. And so God is going to take care of us. And so, so, so many times in life, there is a real reason that we are on the team. The second player that, I, that was on the team, this player applied himself just enough to maybe get a position. Or get a title. Yeah, he wanted to be just enough involved that he got on the field sometimes in the game. That he least he wanted to play a couple plays in the game. There are Christians that think that all they need to do is to get a position or a title in church. There's, there's positions just like this football players. They they came up to practice and they maybe they practice a little bit harder and, and they give a little bit more and just enough to get the coach's attention enough. Hey, we'll let them play second string. We'll let them play a few plays in the game. We'll let them be the relief person. They may be, you know, they wasn't, wasn't involved enough to get totally committed into the game, but they they was just, we'll just let them have a we'll give them some playing time. Yeah. Because they wasn't that committed. They were there but for practice. They was there every time they, they was there, did everything that they had to do. They stated, you know, and, and that's where we find sometimes as Christians, we find ourselves coming to church and being a part to a certain extent. Yeah I'll be a part this far, but we're leaning back on this other. Mm-hmm. I have more things in mind than this. There are higher levels of commitment that comes with a position yes, there is. with titles. And I'm not just saying ministers or, or piano players, drummers, I'm just saying, as a church. As a yes. church family or body, there's more commitment to living a Christian life than just looking the part yeah. or being the part. True. We got to have a true relationship. Yes, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> I, I, there's something interesting in my life, and I've always watched and watched the rain. As it rains, the water—you know—the rain is when it rains in Georgia. The rain is is intended that that drop of water is intended to get to the ocean. Its purpose, when it falls, yes, is to get to the ocean. Yep. God designed it that way. Yes, sir. And if that water goes, through, goes down this little stream and it goes into a bigger stream and it goes into the rivers, and we have a river on the east side of Madison and we have a river on the west side of Madison, and as them, them streams and water comes from Georgia and it streams into these little small streams and it goes into the rivers, and, and, and its ultimate goal is get to the, get to the ocean. But if this drop of water stops in some little stream, or if it, if it stops in some little pool, the water becomes stagnated. If a, if a lake or if a, a body of water of any kind does not have an inlet and an outlet, it becomes dead. Yes. You look at the Dead Sea in the Middle East. It don't have an in, it has inlets, but it don't have an outlet. Yeah. and that water is dead because it does not make its purpose. And so, so to life today, if, if a, a, a body of water does not move, I know we have lakes around here that, that seem like there's no inlet, no outlet. But they have to be some, if, it, if it's alive and, and, and with, with, with livestock, I mean with, with fish, and if, if, if there's things living in that water, it has to be water coming in and it has to be water going out. Mm-hmm. It may be underground, it may be under the, the aquifer or however it may be, but water has to be moving. To stay alive. It has to be serving its purpose. Today we can't stop as a Christian. We can't stop in the little pools and the little streams along the way. We have to make it to the ocean. We have to make it all the way. And yeah. today what I'm saying is we can't get started on this road of, as a Christian. That's true. We can't get started part of the way. We can't get drifted off of, down a fork into a little pond that, that's that's gonna we're just gonna dry up. We're gonna, we gonna need we need to stay connected with the mainstream and we got to stay connected with the mainstream of the church and we got to make it all the way and all the way to the ocean means we got to make it all the way to heaven and that is our ultimate goal is to make it all the way we can't get branch off in some little dead-end street and that's what we do in life the enemy is just constantly putting forks in our road forks in the path and he wants us to go down this road and get derailed and get us down this road to die and be exposed but God wants us to make it all the way. Yes, we cannot stop. We cannot stop before we get to where we need Amen. to go. The third player on the team is a player that is so dedicated that he is a hundred percent committed to everything the coach asks. Yeah. And even after practices, does extra running, extra time in the waiting room. This this player, these players, showed up early for practice. Yeah. And stayed late. Yes, there were players that, that that was didn't matter what the coach asked. If he asked them to do whatever, they were willing to do it. Yes. They were extra to do extra time on their own. Because they were dedicated to do what God called. Yes. The word of God is calling us to that, type of, that yes. type of a player. That type of a Christian. He's calling us to have that kind of relationship. Jesus. We can't just be what we're called to do. Yes. We can't just be doing what. We feel like this is this is. I've done just enough. We got to be going over and beyond. We got to be doing whatever it takes. Go go, if I feel like I need to pray two hours a day, we need to pray three. We need to just be continually pushing further. We need to be continually pushing closer to God, and that's what God is calling us as a relationship. He's not calling us to this level of a relationship with Him. He's wanting us to overflowing relationship. He don't want us to just get top the full the cup up. He wants us to be overflowing. God is calling us to a higher relationship. Goliath was uncircumcised, and this meant he had no covenant relationship. But David said, I have got the covenant. Yeah, I've got a covenant with God. Yes. I have that relationship. Right. Didn't matter how big Goliath was, yeah. Goliath was a giant. Goliath was a war machine, mm-hmm. yes, a fighting yes. machine. Yes. But it didn't matter nothing about that because he didn't have a covenant with God. He didn't have a relationship with God. Come on. But David had a relationship with God. Yes. God had called David to reach oh. Win the battle. First Peter five and seven says, "Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly; not by f- filthily lucre, but but of a ready mind." The Bible talks about us to be fed. Yeah. We must be fed, and He says, "Feed them which is among you," while having a concern for all the church. Our special duties is to feed that is that portion which is among you. And the Bible tells us what is among you. And everybody knows this. I believe there's everybody in the church, no matter what level you are, where you feel, like you feel yourself at, there's people that are watching you. Yes, are. There's people that are watching your life. Yes, and we're are. called to feed them in religious and in our, in our church world. We're called to feed people that we own our job, people that looks up to us in life. There's people that looks into our life, and we're called to reach them. Genesis and Sodom and Gomorrah, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, as I referred to earlier, Abraham said in Genesis 18 and 32, He said, And he said, O Lord, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And this was when when Abraham and God was having a conversation in prayer. And Abraham was saying, God, if I find ten in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you not destroy the land? My Jesus. And but, you know, if we know the story of this, there was not ten righteous persons Mm -hmm. in Sodom and Gomorrah. There were only, you know, there was there was none really righteous there, but because of Abraham's relationship with God, there was one man in his family that might have been, would have perished with in Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah. but because of Abraham's relationship, yeah. and we can't be saved. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm going to back up and say we can't be saved by our parents' relationship with God. We can't be saved because my mama was a prayer warrior. I can't be saved because my mama, my mom, my mother's relationship. But I'm here today. Abraham's relationship with God gave Lot a chance. Yeah. Lot had to make a decision for himself. Lot's family had to make a decision for themselves. Sure. But because of Abraham's relationship with God, mm-hmm. He gave him a yes. chance. Yes. He gave him a choice. But the, but and at that point, Abraham, lot, and his wife and daughters left Sodom and Gomorrah. But the difference sometimes is made because of the grace of God. When God's grace was because of Abraham, they were last allowed to leave. But Abraham's relationship did not help Lot's wife. She turned back, or she looked back, as I referred to earlier. But because of Abraham's right relationship with God, Lot and his two daughters were spared from the destruction. What a blessing to be contacted or connected with a saint of God like this. Here, Lot's life was ultimately spared, him and his daughters, because of Abraham. Relationship. Mm-hmm. Today, I have people in my life that I look to in a, as, as spiritual giants in my life, and I believe I stand here today because of some of their their sure. relationships yeah. sure. with God, some of their prayers that they was prayed for me? me. I stand here today because of that. Today, I ask you today, you know, who, who is God calling us to be that for? Yeah. I believe there's people in this place. Right. I believe there's people that are called like Abraham mm-hmm. to spare, be be that stand in the gap person. Sure, sure. For maybe their children. It's sure. For their people in their life, Jesus, people that's influenced in their life. Jesus. I'm here to tell someone today that they're they're standing in the gap for someone. Yes, you may not never know this person. You may not never understand this person. But I believe you're standing in the gap for someone. You may ask today, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough today to make a difference in someone else's life? You may ask today, who is God asking me to reach? Who is God asking me to stand in the gap for? He's he's calling us to reach the ones that we rub shoulders with every day. Mm -hmm. It may be someone on our job. It may be someone that we see in the grocery stores. I always say it may be someone that we that we have just just a small contact with, yeah. or it may be one of our own children. Yes. Sure. It may be our, someone that we looks up to us as a as a leader in their life. Yeah. Okay. We're going to reach them if we have the right yes. attitude about our relationship with God. Sometimes in life, and brother brother Kenny Carpenter from Maryville, Tennessee, preached a message here a while back. And that message stirred me. Sure. I grew up around church and all my life and been and been heard heaven and hell preached all my life. And but his message was what could make hell even worse? And in his message, he talked about going through hell, you know, how bad that's gonna be. And he says, But what would make that even worse if, if one of my children came along beside me? Jesus. And said, Mom, dad. Why didn't you just? Why didn't you just stay straight on the road? Yeah. Why didn't you just stay on the narrow and straight yeah. road? Why did you have to vary? He said, "Why did mom, dad? Why did you? Why didn't you just carry us to church every Sunday?" Jesus, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? Jesus, Jesus. That would make hell even worse because you knew the truth, <laughs> but you didn't walk it. You didn't lead them. It doesn't matter where we stand at as this world looks at us. That's right. What matters the most, what's going to matter the most is our relationship with the one and only God. Yeah. Right. Today as I begin to close, I ask us today, where are we going to be with God? Where's our relationship at with God? Today are we going to be like the one brother? Are we, we going to be like the two brothers? Are we going to just waste our living Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. or are we going to be rebellious or because we didn't get our way at the end or we didn't get when everything starts seem like it didn't go our way and we're going to be like a little spoiled kid and, and throw our sucker in the dirt because it didn't come out like we thought it was going to come out mm-hmm. yeah and there's so many truths to that. And, when, and as a Christian life, we can feel like that way. But it ain't going to matter what we face on this earth and wh- what we go through and what road we go down. What's moly going to matter oh, Jesus. is Jesus, Jesus. When, when that trumpet sounds is as if our relationship is right with God. Amen. How our relationship stands is what's going to matter the most. As we stand across this place and as Sister Donna begins to play, I'm going, as Brother Tom says, the altar is never closed. But today, if you're not where you feel like you need to be with God, I ask you today, don't leave this place before you get your relationship right with God. Today, if you feel like there's something that may be just, I'm not sure. You can make an altar where you stand if you don't feel comfortable. But, but we're making an altar where you stand. I ask us, everyone, to before we leave this place today, Make sure our relationship with God is right. Because that's what's going to matter. It's not going to matter what we face today. It doesn't matter what, we, what tomorrow happens tomorrow. What's going to matter the most is what our, how our relationship is with God. And today, I ask us, that's the most important thing we should be thinking about. Am I right with Him today? Let us pray right now. Lord, I ask you today.